Hello, friends. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by From Within Records. Have you listened to the From Within Records podcast? If not, go boot up your Spotify, your Apple podcasts, and go subscribe. Great chemistry between the hosts. I love Jake, Dylan, and Carter, and they've been having on awesome guests. So please, if you're not listening, do yourself a favor and go subscribe now. And if you're not following From Within Records on social media, Go boot up your Twitter, your Instagram. Click that follow button to stay up to date on all the current news. There's going to be some awesome news coming very soon. So please stay tuned. And like I always say, please support From Within Records because they support us. If you're looking for a high quality merch for your band, your business, for anything, I highly suggest you go contact my friends over at Good Fortune Printing out of Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. You can follow them on Instagram at Good Fortune Printing, or you can email them at contact at goodfortuneprinting.com. They do high quality prints. I've printed all my collab shirts with them. The shirts you saw at FYA, the shirt you saw at the From Within Records Showcase. It was all done by Good Fortune Printing. I highly support that business and love everything that they're doing. So please do yourself a favor and do business with them. On today's episode, we had to travel to the city. We had to track down our good buddy, Andrew Vacante. He sings for a band called Combust. They just put out a new record titled Another Life on Cash Only Records. If you're not familiar, please click pause, do yourself a favor, go boot up your Apple Music, your Spotify, your title, your Bandcamp, and go listen to Another Life and come back here and listen to Andrew and I talk about the record. It was really fun to be able to have Andrew back on the podcast. I'm a huge fan of Combust, awesome band out of New York City. So please strap in, enjoy this conversation. Without further ado, welcome Andrew to the show. podcast andrew how's it going yo what's up man glad to be back thank you yeah no this is a, a pleasure of mine because i've been a fan of uh combust for a, a long time and i was uh you know always wanting to help spread the word because I, I really was into the music and you know here we are some odd years later and you guys are still at it and that you know last record that you guys put out uh it's like you know i listened to it like uh you know titled another life and i was like damn these guys are still super talented. This is so sick. Like I have to reach out to Andrew again to see if he's down to be on the podcast again. So I'm, I'm happy that you were still down to do it. Yeah, of course, man. Thank you. I appreciate that for real. Okay. So uh, kind of, uh, you know, catching up from the last record, uh, the the band stayed busy, right? You guys, you know, you know put out some singles in between, um, but uh, I'm just curious, uh, how long did it take for you guys to write this record? Um. So like we, started writing the record i'd say right when uh probably like right when the pandemic like hit and we had shit in the chamber but we were like yo like let's take this time where no one's playing shows or anything and let's just like lock ourselves in the studio like our our practice space and like 
let's just bang out a whole this whole LP because we've been wanting to do an LP. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, we had like little songs here and there, like you said. Like we did, uh, I think we did like Missing Peace first, and then we did the Triple B Comp song, and like uh, those songs were cool. But I feel like it just wasn't like uh, wasn't what we were, we really wanted to nail the the LP with. So we were just like, yo, let's just like I said, lock ourselves in the space and let's just nail let's just nail this LP. So it took us <laughs> it took us over a year easily to. The, the the LP went through like a lot of changes too. So, okay, and uh, starting the record, did you have the goal to put it out in twenty twenty two, or did you guys just you know, kind of just take your time because everything was so up in the air when you started writing the record? Well, we didn't know what was gonna happen. Obviously, no one did. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I was like, yeah, let's just uh, as like shows kept getting like announced and then canceled and like nothing was happening. I was like, yo, let's just not rush it at all. So, I mean, this was probably the earliest it could have made sense to come out with everyone's schedules and and all that shit. Okay. And you, you mentioned that the LP had gone under a, a lot of changes. Is that just, you know, the style of the record or just like the, you know, going with the different artwork. Can you elaborate on that? Um, so not the style of the record. We knew what style we wanted it to be mm-hmm. from day one. I mean, I, I think like, I wouldn't say we lost our sound on the void, but like it kind of shifted a little bit on the void from the demo, like just a little bit and like, not in a bad way, mm-hmm. but I wanted to capture more of what we did more on the demo on the LP. You know what I mean? Um, but it went through a lot of changes in like we wrote 20 songs. Oh, wow. Yeah. we And like the, tra- the track listing is 11. Mm-hmm. So we wrote 20. So like mad shit got nixed. And um, and then when Connor Jones came in and like because he uh, he helped produce the record. Uh, you know, there were songs that like were fully done for a minute and then they got like scrapped and then reconstructed and you know what I mean? So when I say that, when I say that it went through changes, I meant, I mean like that, like, so like songs were just either scrapped, rewritten, uh, tweaked, you know, there's a lot of tweaking going on. And then up until the time that we actually recorded it. And those songs that got scrapped, uh, are you going to you know try to reuse those for something later on? Or are you guys just kind of just uh, really just done with all that? Oh, yeah. I mean, we 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 think that the songs that didn't even make it to the LP was still good. You know, they just mm-hmm. it didn't seem like cohesive. But we have like a whole Dropbox full of unused riffs and songs that we got still in the chamber. So maybe down the line some will be out sooner than you would think i don't know yeah because I, I i think about that and it, i i wonder if that's tricky for for you guys right because you have this body of work uh another life and then you have this dropbox with these songs that didn't make it and obviously you want to uh, let that record live but then also um, you know moving past that record it's like will these songs uh, kind of trip you up you know sonically because uh, obviously there might be some progression with your sound or um you know you might want to try to you know stay in that same lane so I'm, I'm just curious for you do you even think about things like that when it comes to these extra songs oh yeah i mean like i i am a very uh uptight neurotic person so i i spent uh I spent my own time thinking about all that shit when we were writing it. But um, 
I mean, like they don't they don't stray too far away from how the LP sounds. Like mm-hmm. really, I think it was just about um what made the most sense for like what kind of songs we wanted on the record. You know what I mean? I think for the most part, they still sound in sync as to what another life is, mm-hmm. but just not in the way that we wanted the record to be constructed. If that makes sense. Yeah, and but yeah, no, I mean we're gonna let the record live for a minute, but we're definitely gonna put those songs to use eventually. Okay. And is there like any one particular track out of that nine that was like really hard for you to, to cut for the record? Um, the hardest thing for me to cut at first was why I hate the second track. Mm-hmm. Um, that song was written in a completely different way. And I wrote that like along, like at the beginning of writing the LP. And um, I think reconstructing that, when we first reconstructed it, it was like really hard for me to let that go. So maybe like the old way we played it then might hmm. make a reappearance in a new song. I don't know. We'll see. Figure it out. Okay. And yeah. y- you mentioned uh, Connor Jones. I, I know I um, you know, has a hand in cash only records, but I- I'm curious, uh, how did he get involved to help produce the record? Um. So he actually, well, I mean, we've been boys for a minute. Mm-hmm. And I always, um, you know, I appreciate the way that he writes music. I'm a fan of all of his bands. Uh, and it's good to, it's good to talk to your friends about how they like the thought process behind the way they write shit. And, um, you know, he's a, he's a student of New York hardcore as I, as am I. And, uh, we were talking, I think we were playing a card game at my house. And, uh, I was just talking to him about like how the, the record was going for writing it. Cause I've never written an LP before. And I was just talking to him about it, shooting the shit. I was showing him some of the new songs. And then I think he was like, yo, like, if you want, if you want, like, some advice or, like, you know, if you want some help here and there, like, I'd be more than happy to, like, sit in on practices and just, like, give my thoughts on it. And that's just how it kind of happened naturally like that, you know, just a friend, a friend being interested, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like that's a, a great benefit to have someone like him sit in and you know give you some critiques because he is very talented and knows what he's talking about. I I love everything that that he's done so far. Oh yeah, I mean he's like top tier musician for hardcore music, in my opinion. I mean it's crazy, you know. He's I I always thought that he was in my age range, but he's way younger than me. I mean not way younger, but you know he's younger. It's cool. It's cool that someone is like you know every few moments in hc you get like musicians you know what i mean like mm-hmm. there's anyone can play hc that's not hard but like you know in it in specific groups of people and friends and some of my friends like there's like musicians you know what i mean yeah like, 100%. beyond just a person who plays hardcore music mm-hmm. so yeah no i respect the way that he writes music he's a really good guitar player shout out okay and the record's only been out for what not even a month just a couple of weeks uh how do you feel the re- reception has been because uh, for for me looking on the outside and just seeing people repost it and even like talking to people and just you know normal conversation and not even knowing that they were a fan of combust but then hearing how much that they love the record uh you know I- i'm just curious you know from your perspective like how has it been these past couple of weeks um i i think the reception has been pretty good i mean i've only seen some negative shit and i mean that's cool uh not everyone has to like it. Not everyone's going to like it. Um, the weirdest shit that I've seen when it comes to like negative aspects, though, is like people are like, oh, it sounds like sounds like New York hardcore bands. Like, 
so like i'm like yeah <laughs> it's supposed to sound like a new york hardcore band yeah i mean like that's a weird thing now it's like people yeah it's it sounds like new york hardcore bands it may sound familiar i ain't saying that we were trying to reinvent the wheel on the record you know what i mean mm-hmm. that's not my intention but it's weird that like people look at that in a negative aspect especially because there aren't bands who do that style like that's why i wanted to do that style there aren't bands who are doing that like no one no one is bringing the sounds of 89 new york to to current times and like i'm not saying that's a bad thing but it's just for me personally that's what i wanted to bring yeah no and i i don't think you respect that for you guys to uh, love the bands that came before and wanting to keep that spirit alive i i, I think that's really awesome uh, for you know this newer generation to want to do that it, it just reminds me of this uh, this argument which i actually uh, talked about uh you know uh, with some friends recently i got into this argument with this guy from long island i i don't want to say his name publicly um he knows who he is um i got into this argument with this guy from long island and he's just like this jaded hardcore dude and he was trying to tell me that uh, uh hardcore in the city is dead and I'm just like, what the hell are you talking about? And I, you know, I mentioned bands like Combust and, I, and I'm like, are you not paying attention? And I was just like, dude, it, it's weird for me to be from California and having to defend New York City hardcore to a guy, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, he, he's from Long Island, but, you know, still New York. And and just like halfway through the argument, I'm like, dude, this is pointless because you're just jaded. And for me to be from the West Coast trying to, you know, open your eyes to what's literally going on in your backyard just makes no sense to me. Yeah, no, that's definitely weird. If you if you think that New York City hardcore, I mean, it's it's kind of it's kind of double edged. It's like it's not necessarily dead. The shows are thriving all the time, mm-hmm. but there aren't a there aren't a lot of like bands. Honestly, there aren't a lot of bands coming from the New York City area. There's uh, there's Combust, uh, there's Regulate, um, there's uh, Bazooka just started. There's the Answer. Um, and then you have like kind of more in the punky world of hardcore out here. That's another thing about New York city. It's like very, very clicky, but not clicky in like the way that you would think. It's just like, there's just like certain sets of people who go to certain sets of shows and like, it's just going to be always segregated like that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But it's definitely not dead. It's just, uh, I do wish that there were more people coming from the New York City area who were starting bands. That'd be cool. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. Of, I mean, like, Illusion and Akulu have become, like, New York City bands in their own right. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, I mean, there's obviously a lot of great bands, but just there should be more for the how big the city is. There should be more straight-up hardcore bands. But, you know, whatever. What are you going to do? Yeah, but I, I feel like the fact that you and your friends and doing your bands, I, I feel like that's what's going to inspire more people to, to come out and do that, right? Because obviously uh, there might be like a lull, right? Not as many bands, uh, new bands starting, but for you guys to, to keep it alive, I, I feel like that's really important because you never know who you're going to inspire, especially with this new record, right? Like I said, I'm talking to people who I didn't even know, um, you know, were, you know, that you guys were on their radar, like, you know, kids like, you know, from uh you know the massachusetts area out here in orange county so i i feel like um even though it, it may you know seem kind of weird that you know there's only a couple of bands going on i i think it's really important that you guys are doing what you're doing yeah i appreciate that yeah i mean i i hope like i mean that was i think i said this in an interview before like when about the record but i mean like i hope that's what you know it, it i 
it'd be great if it inspires people to want to do that shit. I kind of want people to look at this LP as like, you know, one of those milestone points for New York City. You know what I mean? Like, like I said, I, I set out to make a New York hardcore record and that's what I wanted to do from the jump. So like, I appreciate people who appreciate the record for what it is and don't look down on it for being a hardcore record. You know what I mean? And for this being your, uh, you know, first time writing an LP uh, for Combust, uh, was it challenging for you at, at any point? Did you feel like giving up or wanting to just cut it back to like an EP? Um, no, I mean, like, I definitely never wanted to give up or make it shorter or anything like that. But it definitely was like there were times where I felt super stressed out about it because I, I, I'm just the type of person to put a lot of pressure on myself for that kind of thing. Like, I'm, I'm a perfectionist, you know what I mean? Like, I really want everything like everything just needs to be exactly the way i want it to be so there were a lot of points where i was like fuck like just putting all just incredible amounts of pressure on myself to make it perfect but uh no i would never give up <laughs> for sure no and i i definitely respect that because uh you only get you know one chance at doing it for the first time you you, you put something out that's you know lesser than or something that wasn't uh you know to your expectations you, you don't get a second chance at that because once it's out there people are just going to kind of consume it in their own way so i think it's awesome that you're wanting to be a perfectionist and have everything you know exactly the way you want it 100%. I mean, like, especially for hardcore bands, like, you get that one shot at the first LP, and then it's kind of like, for most bands, that's like your mark is your LP, and then bands usually die after the first LP. You know, a lot of bands don't even make it to the first LP, like, which is really strange to me, right? right. They'll, they'll do the demo, and they'll just be stuck at like an EP. They'll do another EP, maybe a, a split, but to take that plunge and doing an LP, it, it, it definitely is a big undertaking because that's a big body of work. And surprisingly, a lot of bands don't get there. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I and, and you know now writing it myself, I get it. Shit is hard. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people don't understand the, uh, the amount of work that it takes into doing something like that. But w when I look at the track list, I see, you know, um, you know, 11 tracks. Uh, was there a reason you wanted to just stay at 11 and not keep it like an even number? Uh, <laughs> I can be um, I can be completely transparent on this or I could lie. But I think like for the most part, I know that. uh Bright Side has 11 tracks. That's my favorite record. I was like, Bright Side has 11 tracks. I don't want to cut any more tracks than we should. I don't want the record to be too long. Uh, I think we could do 11 tracks. That was kind of like my reasoning behind it. <laughs> okay, no. I was that's, just like, that's awesome. I, we have all these songs written. I don't want to cut all of them. I want as many as possible. They, Everyone else in the band wanted 9 or 10. And I was like, no. I think we should do more because that's another thing. I like 11 because it's in the spot where it's like not too many, but also you don't get an LP. That's like eight songs. Cause that's the thing that's been kind of happening for a minute. Like bands give you an LP and it's like eight or nine songs. I feel like it's kind of, and no diss to them, of course, but I feel like it's kind of like, it's missing the, that like the spirit of uh, the old LPs where you get that. Like, I mean, shit, uh, Age of Quarrel had what 15 tracks, 14 tracks, I think, something like that. Yeah, I mean, I like to stick to the blueprint that works. No, you know for sure, and it's definitely a, a great formula. Yeah, <laughs> when I think of an LP, I definitely think of double-digit numbers when it comes to tracks. So when there's something under 10, I'm just kind of like, ah, oh, this is weird. 
Right? Exactly. Like, an LP should be a fucking massive a body of work. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I feel like eight tracks for HD band, that's an EP. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know? Yeah. No, I, I, I definitely agree with you. So, well, thanks for that explanation. And uh, the name of the record, can you explain why you chose Another Life? Um. So, a lot of the... Um, a lot of the lyrical content on the record is like, um, you know, touching up on whether it be people who it kind of all links in together. Right. So it's like, it's on the self-reflective state. It's on, uh, the looking at other people kind of, kind of vibe. It's about like all the songs can be connected to a point where the term, the term having another life can come into play, whether it be like people who, fake the life that they got uh me wishing that i could start over and fix like you know do shit within my own life differently um another life was also inspired by an iron maiden song off uh their second record it kind of just like had the vibe that i wanted uh when i hear it it kind of just like clicks like that i don't know you know you hear some you hear like a term or set of words and it kind of like clicks in your head it's kind of like when I was writing the lyrics, like everything kind of clicked into my head. That like that was kind of like the underlying theme of all the shit that I was talking about. Okay, yeah, no, I I don't dig it. It doesn't seem like uh, anything too extra. It feels very fitting. Like when you listen to the record and kind of sit back and think about the name of it, I'm like, yeah, that fits in in my mind. Yeah. And as far as the the artwork that i think it looks insane uh, you know <clears throat> colorful you know pretty intense uh you know, can you talk about um, whose decision it was to go in that direction um yeah so we got the artwork from uh chad keplinger shout out he's a tattoo artist he's out in um nashville tennessee um for the album art i kind of like that's the thing where i didn't stick to the formula i didn't want the same old album art I've seen 10 million times with like the same old kind of from the same art artists that everyone else is getting it from in, in hardcore music. You know what I mean? Like it's been done. Like mm-hmm. it's not, not to say it's bad, but I, you know, I just, I didn't want that. I want something like fresh to look at. And uh, he does these paintings, you know, and uh, you can check them out on his Instagram. I'm sure they're all over there, but like the paintings this dude does, I've been obsessed with for a minute. Like his, his style is like, the aesthetic of it, uh, the, I mean, the, the, the talent of it, like, it's like, just, it's so, it just really captured me for some reason. I don't know. It's just like really good, really good. Really love the feel of it. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I hit up, um, my boy Ian tattoos in Richmond. I was like, yo, like you think, you think Chad would be down to do a painting for our record? And cause he's apparently a, a hardcore head. Okay. So my boy Ian hit him up for me. He said, yeah, he's down, hit him up. And uh, we gave him lyrics, told him like what style of shit that we like from him. And he gave us that. That's awesome. That's cool that he was down to do it. Cause I feel like that's like, uh, like wanting to get something done by somebody and then them not wanting to do it. That, that would have been a big bummer. Did you have a plan B if um, he wasn't going to be down? Um, I mean, we were like, uh, we, we were still in like the, the beginning stages of recording at the time. So I was like, not super pressed on if he wasn't down, you know what I mean? I would have mm-hmm. been like, all right, well then we'll just figure it out if that, you know, I mean, I, I'm sure we had 
other plan B's at the time, but I don't know. Yeah. But I'm glad that he ended up doing it because, like, you look at it and it's not a, like this doesn't look like a New York hardcore record at all. This could be anything, in my opinion. I look at that and I'm like, oh, this could be any kind of band. Yeah. I don't, I don't see a hardcore band record when I look at this. No, when I I think of uh, combust and then I look at that that art, I'm just like, okay, that is uh, different. And but but it's a good thing because, like you said, I mean, you don't want to go to the typical hardcore record, uh, you know, album cover, uh, which could you know not capture someone's eye. Someone could just overlook it because that it looks so uh, traditional. But the fact that this is so different, I I like it because you're right. Because even your uh, logo on, on the album cover, it, it's like. I, I feel like it's like kind of in the middle. It's not like you know traditionally hardcore, not too metal. So uh, I, I I do like that. Um, when you look at that, you're just not really sure what you're gonna get. Exactly, and then you listen to it and you're like, oh, this is a straight up New York hardcore record. Mm-hmm. It's cool. I like the way that works. Yeah, you no, know I mean? yeah, I I I definitely dig it. I'm I'm glad that you decided to think outside of the box and wanted to do something creative to to make the 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 record stick out a little more. Exactly, and I mean, you know, that's it's like. We did that already, you know, like the demo, the, 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 the EP, like we had that classic vibe on both of those things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like good to stray away from it. Yeah. So. yeah. Especially obviously it's a big deal of first LP. So to, to get some special artwork done, yeah, it's, it's super sick. Yeah. And bringing up like cash only records again, I, I'm curious uh, how you decided to link it with them because obviously you were on another level before but you know how was that decision made and how'd you uh, um you know link up with them so um uh like i said like uh, when we started talking to connor about like you know doing um you know sitting in on practices and shit and like giving his thoughts about the lp um he was starting up I think he was starting it up at the same time. Well, the first release for cash only was the Akulu LP. Mm-hmm. And um, so like all our boys just run cash only records and Connor is one of them. And, you know, he was, you know, he was hype on, on the LP, the combust LP, you know what I mean? He was, and he wanted to, they want to grow the label. They want to put out more bands. They're, they're in New York city. So there are boys like it just kind of, it kind of made sense where like, you know, we were building the brand of uh, my thing, me and Harry's thing that we do core clientele, which is like, uh, you know, we book shows and we do a zine mm-hmm. and uh, we kind of just felt like it was a good way to like show that there is a, like a good hardcore community in New York city. And you know, the, like the, those are the boys. So when they said, yo, let's do it on cash only, I was more than down. You know what I mean? Yeah, when I saw that announcement, I was uh, stoked for you know uh, for the label and for you guys too, because obviously there's a ton of hardcore labels going on right now. You you guys could have landed anywhere with this record, but the fact that you landed with them, I, I just felt like it, it it was a good fit, and it felt just really refreshing because seeing a newer label and I know those guys uh, and seeing them get a band like combust and listen to the record, I'm like, oh, this is so sick. I, I was just like super stoked for everyone because I just felt like it was a really good situation. Hell yeah, I'm I'm glad you feel that way. That's exactly like that's exactly why I want people to see it as like just you know, yeah, exactly. It's a good situation for everyone. It's like boys helping out other boys, like, you know, building the brand in New York City, you know what I mean? Like, cause New York City kind of lost that for a minute. Like it went from the most important pillar of New York hardcore, and now it's kinda like I mean of hardcore in general, and now it's kinda like 
there isn't as much representation, but like, you know, like that needs to happen more. There needs to be more of the community reaching out within New York. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, I feel like you guys are definitely the ones who are championing that flag and making things happen. And like I said earlier, hopefully inspiring people, uh, you know, younger kids in your area to to realize that shit like that is possible and that they can do it, too. Exactly. Okay, uh, so I when, when the record came out, I I listened to it, and the one song that stuck out to me was the uh, fourth track, "Devil in Me." I, I was I was just curious if you, if you can talk about that and uh, what that song means. Um, so that was that that song is actually I think like only one of the one of the only faster songs on the record, so that's cool. It stuck out to you. Um, it's a song that I wrote. It's actually one of my more very very personal songs too. Uh, I wrote it when I did something wrong by a very good friend of mine, like one of my best, one of my best friends I did. And it was just like a really, um, really difficult point in my life where I really like, I beat myself up really bad for a long time about it. And um, it's just kind of a song about how, you know, you need to take a step back and you need to understand that, you know, I think a lot of people in life make wrong decisions by people they really care about. And, you know, not everyone really like takes the step back to really think about it and really, you know, but when it hurts you in a, in a certain kind of way, you know, it makes you, makes you really think about it. But uh, that's all. So that song's basically about um, how I feel like kind of everyone has that little secret part of themselves that does that thing that you could never believe that you could do to someone you like really care about. Okay. And uh, not to get too personal, but were you able to like mend the fences? Is everything cool? Or you guys? Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, you know, uh, we're still, we're still best friends now, thankfully, but you know, for a minute, just fucking like it, it hurt bad, you know? Mm. Yeah, for sure. Nobody's perfect, but I'm happy you're able to, you know, self-reflect and, uh, you know, figure things out. Yeah, of course. Okay, and there was a music video shot for Why I Hate. Uh, can, can you talk about who uh, J.D. Burrow is? Um, J.D. Burrow is a dude out in Richmond. He um, He's done videos for Enforced. You know that band? They're a thrash band mm-hmm. from Richmond. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, we, the original idea that we wanted for Why I Hate was that we wanted to do it. We wanted to do it in our uh, practice space in New York but no one could get together and like, no, we can find someone to do it like in the time frame that we had to work with. So we were playing a show in Richmond with like a bunch of our friends and shit. And we were like, maybe we, since all of our friends will be there anyway, maybe we can just like have some dude in Richmond do the video for us. And then uh, my boy Ace pointed me in the direction of JD. And uh, yeah, I mean, he did a great job. Straight up. I mean, he want like he does like really high quality shit. Mm-hmm. And I told him I was like, we don't want anything crazy. Just like follow us with a camera while we're chilling and then shoot the show and then we're good. So he was really cool about it. Yeah, and he did a really good job because when you look at or when we watch the video and you see uh, that high quality footage, you're like, oh, this is actually, uh, you know, shot really well because obviously somebody could have just done it on an iPhone or something. But um, I'm not sure what he shot it with, but like you could tell that some of the stuff was shot like with something really nice. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> there were times where we were chilling 
where we were just chilling and he was filming us and I was like, this is fucking funny because this dude has like this mad expensive equipment and we're just walking down streets being jerk offs. <laughs> and then like he came to the show with like all this lighting gear and shit. And I was like, oh, this is fucking, this is absurd. But no, it's cool. It looks it looks great. So shout out to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I always like it uh, w- when bands do music videos because uh, it's weird how like back in the day when like MTV was a thing, TRL and all that shit, right? Like music videos were so important. Um, and then as time went on with the internet, um, it just doesn't seem like people uh, or, or bands or um, you know artists uh, really uh, you know focus on that like you know like like it's a big deal. Like obviously people still do it, but I, I just feel like yeah. in our space not as much. Well, I think because for hardcore bands, there's a very like easy line, like is there's a very easy line to cross where it becomes like cool to corny. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to do a cool hardcore music video without like I don't know. Like I think I think I think if you're gonna for the most part do a, do a video for a hardcore band, like it should just be it should be something funny or it should just be like something where you're not trying to take yourself too seriously because then mm-hmm. like. And it just comes off the wrong way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think I, I mean, that's my personal opinion. But I mean, think when, when it comes to like hardcore, like bands, like doing music videos, the only thing that I've ever like actually hated is like staged, like moshing. I always felt like that was weird. Just like moshing in like the weirdest places, like not at a show. I'm just like, okay, this is like a little strange. Oh, well, well, like you mean like uh, when they do a show in like a warehouse or some shit, like an abandoned building or some or, shit. Or like on like train tracks. Like I'm sure you've seen yeah. shit like that. Yeah. I'm like, this is fucking weird. Um, yeah no exactly i mean like this it's a very fine line between cool and then it could cross over into like uh this doesn't come off well mm-hmm. <laughs> okay well uh will there be any more music videos for the record or eh, probably not <laughs> okay well i had to ask because I, I i enjoyed you know obviously why i hate it and I, I was just curious yeah no probably not okay and you know um this is uh funny i i actually saw you in jersey oh god when was this was it november or was it october uh regulate downfall in perth amboy yeah i was there but i was just kind of low-key oh you were there i was yeah yeah. I, didn't even <laughs> I, I was just uh, chilling um because I, I i went down with my buddy uh jeff who uh, films for feet first productions because uh oh, i was I, I was saying in wilkesbury so um he hit me up because uh, he was going to the show and i'm good friends with uh you know jason who plays in never again so i was like yeah like l- let me roll out you know see what it's like down there in jersey oh shit okay yeah i mean shout shout feet first that's cool yeah it, it was a that fun show, show. Was, that show was sick yeah, that show was actually really cool for Downfall. Shout out Amboy. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, Combust has a, a lot of six shows lined up. Uh, and is there going to be like a tour in the future, or are you guys just trying to just keep it to these like selective dates? Um, so we got like I think four shows in April mm-hmm. this month, and then That's we a lot. have, uh, and then we have uh, like three in May, and then june i mean i shouldn't be talking too much shit but june june's gonna be the record release i can't say when or or who yet okay but there will be in june and it will be in new york city i will say that um that's awesome uh and then in the summer we have mad tours not mad tours but there will be at least two or three tours in the summer that summer into fall that we are going to be announcing and doing 
So okay, all right. Well, I I just want to probably just a little. Will there be West Coast dates? That's the plan. Oh, awesome! That that's really sick to hear. Okay, cool. Now I'm excited. That's the plan. Nothing nothing has been set in stone just yet, but the mm. plan is to do the whole joint. So we're gonna do that. Awesome. Okay. And I, I have to ask you about the, you guys get to play um, one of the, or the last gold show in New York. Can't you hear about um, how you guys were approached to play that? Um. Yeah. Yo, uh, super excited that um, Elliot from Gulch hit me up. I didn't, I didn't even know him. He just hit me up and he was like, uh, yo, can Kibus play the last one of the, one of the last gold shows in New York city? And I was like, yo, that'd be cool. Yeah, I mean, I mean, show is gonna be sick. Uh, it's sold out immediately, so that's cool. Um, I mean, we're just gonna. I mean, when I think about like people who go to a, a sold out golf show, I mean, like, I don't think that they're gonna have like combust too much on their radar, or maybe they might. I really don't know what to expect when it comes to New York City. Like, it's you get a mixed bag every every single time. Mm-hmm. Like, it could be. It could be hardcore kids. It could be like kids I've never seen before. It could be kids who it's their first show in general. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like a bunch of different people all the time. So, I mean, we're just going to play our fucking set, do our thing. Yeah. Well, I I think it's a a great opportunity. Uh, You know, shout out Elliot. He's a great guy. So I'm saying super nice, Mm -hmm. super nice. Uh, Like I said, like really, really was humbled that he just hit me up randomly. and was like, yo, we want to play the show. Really nice. Yeah, no, definitely respect, and uh, I, I'm sure that that shit's gonna go crazy because that band is so big, and I think it, obviously they have the reasons, but I, I think it's strange that they're obviously calling it quits, uh, you know, this early, uh, and, and everywhere they're they're going, it's selling out, and it, it's only a big deal. So I'm, I'm happy that you know, Combust gets to be a part of that. Yeah, same, for sure. Okay, well. I'm definitely stoked on the record. I'm happy to have been able to talk about it. But um, you mentioned a core clientele earlier. Uh, I, I remember when I had Harry on the podcast a while back, that was like just getting started. So I'm, I'm just curious uh, to know how it's been for you, for you from your perspective and like, how are you enjoying doing core clientele? Um, I've always wanted to do a zine like forever. Uh, I think zines are really fucking cool. It's just one of those things in hardcore that like it's, it's tried and true. It's really, it's always something that'll be around. Um, and it's good to just have that like tangible material. Um, but it started out as a zine and then I like it snowballed into like, it should be more of a collective more than just a zine. And, you know, me and Harry want to bring like the best kind of shows possible in New York city. And we want to make sure that like the bands are getting treated the way they should be. And like the shows are being treated as hardcore shows rather than, business big business shows Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah um when it comes to new york city there's a lot of shit that happens where like people who don't care about hardcore music at the show and like the show just turns out the vibe is all fucked up like it's at a whack venue so i'm glad that we have been able to bring people a good representation of what hardcore should operate as in new york city um and the zine's been cool People really be fucking with it. Uh, we have the. I'm gonna shamelessly plug it right now. <laughs> no, we fine. have we have like ten issues left of the third one in the big cartel. So if you want to cop that, um, yeah, no, I mean like shout out to everyone who's been a part of the zine too. Uh, you know, this last one was a little bit 
rocky to get out um because the dude who does our graphic design has been like uh taking trips that's what he does he just goes on vacation all willy-nilly does whatever he wants must be nice good for him you know? <laughs> yeah i was about to ask um if you had like a, a schedule you know you know for when you'd like to release these zines because i i do know that the, the third issue is out shout out to pat on the cover uh and it's on, on your instagram so i i was curious about you know if four should be right around the corner or if it's going to be a minute uh i mean i would love to say that it's right around the corner but god knows it's not at all mm-hmm. uh i would love to have a schedule but that's also not going to happen um, I think eventually what I'd love to do is just learn Photoshop myself and just do all the work, like just do all the interviews and all the shit for it myself. And then I'll just throw it into Photoshop myself because I hate annoying people to get graphic design work done. It's one of my it's one of the least favorite things in the world. Mm. Yeah, especially when like you're like waiting to, to hear back from the person. And you're like, sure, I want to put this out. Like if it, everything's ready to go and you're just waiting on that last thing, it definitely can be oh, frustrating. Yeah. And I'm a mad, annoying person. So I, I I don't wish anyone to work with me. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe in the future, uh, you know, it's never too late to, to learn. I literally taught myself, uh, you know, through watching YouTube videos uh, and reading stuff on like Reddit uh, on how to do this yeah. podcast and how to do uh, the video editing. So it's possible. Yeah, you know, I, I keep telling myself I'm going to like, I'm going to just make the time and do it. And I just keep putting it off and putting it off. But I, I definitely will one of these days get my lazy ass to do it especially now i have all the time in the world because i'm unemployed so i need to get on some shit okay and uh, there's a show coming up that core clientele is booking and uh, you know okay uh, and last thing on the zine w- what i do think is cool about um you know y- you have the zine and even though it may not be on this uh you know uh, timely schedule the fact that uh core clientele is not just the zine right you have these shows that are going on like the one that's happening next week with a uh, buried alive sanction age of apocalypse uh end yeah. it and almighty watching uh, i i think it's cool that's another way to kind of stay relevant and be in front of people's faces oh yeah 100 percent. i mean uh that show should be that show is a great lineup i mean that show should be sick i'm excited for that uh it's a cool it's like not mixed bill but it's still mixed bill you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. yeah um you know, Almighty Watching is like, uh, and ended are straight up hardcore bands. And then you have Sanction, or like fucking, and then, and then Age of Apocalypse is like a hardcore band, but not a hardcore band. You know, yeah. Uh, Buried Alive is classic, obviously. Uh, should be a good show. I know. I definitely respect that. But uh, and outside of that, do you guys have more shows lined up that you haven't announced yet that you want to announce? Um, we always got some shit in the works. So, I mean, like I said, I mean, the combust record release will be a core clientele show. Mm-hmm. Um, and that'll be big. And, uh, we have other shit that we're trying to figure out at the moment that I'm sure, you know, internet's a big place. You'll see it. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm sure it'll float around on my timeline. I, I follow, you know, you know, people from your area, some of your friends. So I'll yeah. you know, hopefully be in the loop. Um, but, as far as um, other bands, are, are are you doing anything else on the side, or are you just trying to focus on Combust? Um, well, I play in Downfall, mm-hmm. and uh, I play in the Answer now too. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> they had a yeah, lot. Kind of, 
that's kind of a that's kind of a brand new thing. That's funny. I uh, I, I remember they had some lineup issues back in when they played Wilkesbury. There, um, maybe I shouldn't be talking about this, but um, it, it was a weird situation. But uh, no, that's okay. Uh, uh, Genos, the guitar player, he he died, and then uh, uh, AJ, um, he he got into too many car accidents and he just couldn't be in the band anymore. <laughs> that's wild but i'm happy that you're in that band because i'm i'm wearing the t-shirt right now um i, I had to you know represent for new york and i, I love that band so I, i'm stoked to hear that you're in that and helping keeping that project alive uh shout out to yeah no it's it's cool it's cool I, they're, they're all my friends matt's a great drummer uh it's cool playing with him uh downfall's got a record coming out um soon i probably shouldn't have said that but LP's coming out soon, so be on the lookout for that. It's very heavy. Mm-hmm. If you like heavy music, you will like the downfall record. That's awesome. I'm I'm happy that they're you know keeping it going uh, out there in Richmond. Yeah, no, it's it's cool. I I, uh, I love being in Richmond. Uh, like I said, especially I have all this like downtime all the time now. Mm-hmm. So I'm like I'm there for like a weekend or a week, and then I come back, and it's cool, you know. To this day, I still have never been to Richmond. Oh, it's great! I love Richmond. Yeah, I I gotta make it out there sometime. Wanna, yeah, it's fun. Want to go to a show? Want to go see Foster and experience what it's like out there? Oh yeah, dude, definitely. I mean, get tattooed down there too. Make it happen, and yeah. Um, obviously, I'm I'm guessing you're gonna be down there for that big takeover that, that that's happening. Which is- yeah, yeah. Um. Downfalls playing the second day, then the Saturday, I believe. Okay, there's a lot of bands on that. It's pretty cool. Oh my god, it's like fucking twenty. Yeah, it's insane. I'm not built like that anymore, bro. I'm starting to realize that because I'm, I'm like traveling more for shows. Like I was just in Philly for a show, and there was like a whole lineup, and I only moshed for like one band because I'm just like old and you know I'm tired and I just you know I, I just don't have it in me to do it all day anymore. I got to be Dude. selective. Oh, it's it's bad. It's bad, man. I yeah. gotta I gotta start start doing sprinting all the time now. I, it's like twenty bands. When I think about watching twenty bands, mm-hmm. my brain collapses. There's no way I could do that. But shout out um Ace for booking that fest. Lineup's good. Uh I'm sure it'll be I'm sure it'll be dope. It's it's got a cool uh it's got a cool like rounded out bunch of bands like there's not just straight up hardcore the whole day which is cool yeah i feel like like it's a good mix and it's really awesome uh that uh you know richmond still has something going on like you know as, in terms of like like a fest because uh, you know uh united blood uh you know decided to hang it up so re- respect to them but the fact that uh, you know ace and triple b stepped up and they're doing something out there uh, you know it should be cool for for the area yeah rest in peace united blood one of the best fests in my opinion now, every time I see you, you're always wearing polo. You know, <laughs> I see these pictures. Uh, I, I I think it's cool because I, I, you know, when I think of you, that, that's something that that comes to mind. So I feel like that's a, uh, you know, like a pretty cool thing that you've you know done. Uh, I, I'm just curious where your fascination comes from when it comes to polo. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm a hip hop head, you know, and uh, as I was like. As I was coming up listening to hip hop, uh, you know, you would see polo all the time, mm-hmm. like in the in the nineties shit. And then 
my boy Ryan would wear. I remember I, I never cared about like clothes at all in any shape, fashion or form at all. And my boy Ryan, my one of my best friends, he would always come around like, you know, wearing like the little bear shit. And I was like, <laughs> I remember the first time I saw him with it on, I roasted him. I was like, yo, what are you taking Easter pictures? And, uh, <laughs> and I don't know I just like, I think something clicked one day where I just started seeing different, like certain kinds of polo pieces. And I was like, yo, that shit's fucking sick. And then I would listen to, you know, certain hip hop shit. And then I would find out, I'd be like, oh, they're talking about when they, I never even knew this when I was, when I was a kid, they, when they would say low, they would say the word low and they were talking about polo. And I was like, oh shit, they're talking about polo here. And like all these songs and all these songs. And like Onyx was talking about killing people for polo. And I was like, is that real? And then I looked it up and I was like, yo, people actually were like getting killed for polo. And then I kind of like, did a deep dive into like the history of like Polo's impact on like, you know, the like the hip hop community and like New York city and all that shit. And like, then you find out that there were gangs like that just were all about robbing Polo and wearing Polo. And it just kind of like really fascinated me. And I just, that's how I kind of got drawn into it. And obviously the, you know, fashion and uh, hip hop, uh, you know, they go hand in hand uh, and are you interested in any of the like you know, more current brands when it comes to like all like the, the hype beast stuff or are you just sticking straight to polo? Because polo is, is classic, you know, timeless. Yeah. Uh, so I definitely respect that. But I, I'm just curious if like any of like the newer stuff interests you. No, I'm not really like a, I'm not a fashion guy in that sense at all. Like, like I, like I said, I never was, mm -hmm. I was never like a big fashion guy. Like I literally put on shit now and I don't even know if it matches. I don't get how matching works. <laughs> I just put on like whatever I think looks dope, but I'm strictly polo. Like that's like when it comes to fashion in quotes, uh, mm -hmm. that's like really, I think, cause it's just more about like, look, it's, it's not about looking good in my, in my opinion. It's just like, I just love putting on as much crazy shit as I can. Cause I love it that much. Mm -hmm. Okay. That, that, that's cool. I, I definitely respect that. I, I've often, uh, wanted to trade out all my band shirts for uh, you know just just something else. I, I've always thought about it like it, it would be cool to uh, you know like I have all these like shirts behind me uh, to get rid of all of them and just wear like uh, you know uh, I, I I was thinking about just getting like video game t-shirts, but then I was like I don't really know where to get a you know a bunch of video game t-shirts. But then I just never did it. I, I still just oh dude eBay. I, I I just still just wear all my band t-shirts. <laughs> and honestly, I don't even wear half these things. These literally just like sit here all day. Uh, there's oh yeah, I mean like I'm looking at like 80 shirts that I never touched ever right now. So <laughs> okay, and I, I'm curious, like when, when you wear your polo, is it uh, is it just like feel like normal clothes to you, or are you like trying to be careful? Uh, you know, since some of that stuff can be older. Uh, I mean, sometimes I won't wear certain shit to certain places. Uh, you know, like I won't. <laughs> I say this, but like I literally wore all white to my boy show the other <laughs> But uh, you know, sometimes like uh I don't wanna go to a show and wear some shit that I feel like, you know, I don't want people to fucking rip or fucking, you know, whatever. Sometimes some shit just gotta stay home. Okay. No, I I, I definitely yeah. definitely respect that. But yeah, but that's awesome because I, I literally like I don't I, I can't think of a time where I've seen you and you're not wearing polo. So that's that that's pretty awesome. There you go. Okay. And yeah, that, that's awesome. I, I'm really stoked that we were able to talk about that. But 
I'm happy that you're able to do the podcast, but before we sign off, I've been staring at the, this poster behind you. That's a dangerous poster on your wall, right? Uh, this one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think that band has always been underrated, especially out here, even where they're from, like out here in California. I feel like a lot of people uh, don't pay that band um, en- enough respect. Well, I mean, you know, there's a lot of controversy surrounded by that band, so I get it. True. Um, I mean, uh, being on the East coast, and being younger when I was getting into that band, I didn't know any of it. Mm-hmm. So it was what it is, what it is. But especially when I was younger, I was like super into like the very tongue in cheek, uh, over the top, you know, uh, calling out shit kind of lyrics. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think Dangerous is kind of like always the most outspoken, or if not, you know, like one of the more outspoken bands when it came to just like calling out bullshit, you know? Uh, music was really original for a hardcore band. I don't know, something about it, just like, I was really into just like a lot of Cali shit when I was younger. Like, I mean, Ceremony, Trash Talk, and Dangers were like my fucking favorite bands when I was in high school. So, yeah, yeah, no, that record's great. Yeah, and uh, and that's messy, isn't it, for anybody who's curious. But you you mentioned Trash Talk. I, I, I see them being active again and i'm hoping that uh, i get to see them at some point this year I- i'm assuming they're gonna play like some of the the bigger fests out here um nothing's no enough. i mean i don't know i i've, I've seen that they're playing a fest out in detroit mm-hmm. yeah and they're playing they had they had like a couple one-offs in cali and then i was actually supposed to do something for them in new york but then it just ended up not happening but i mean we'll see it seems like they want to play more i know like um I think Garrett lives in like fucking Australia. Oh, wow. Shit. I didn't even know that. And then, and then Dave lives in New York. And like, I think they're all just kind of like spread out and shit. But I mean, hopefully they start playing again. That band was always great. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious if like those one offs in California kind of like sparked something. Cause, um, you know, th- th- there was that time where they, uh, you know, were playing to like the odd future crowd and it was little, uh, you know, the hardcore kids I felt, felt like, trash art kind of like just sold out and like was doing something else but in reality i felt like that band just never changed i think people just uh, wanted to write them off and just move on but i i still listen to all their stuff and anytime i would see them once they kind of catered to that different crowd i I felt like it was the same band as always so i I hope oh yeah i mean they play they play a great set every show they play they don't even play like any new shit when they play they play like five new songs max Mm -hmm. and then the rest is all just classics and that's what I heard about these like, you know, shows they play in California that they played a lot of um, you know, older stuff from like Walking Disease and Plagues. So I'm, you know, hoping that they're inspired and want to do more. Cause yeah, you mentioned Detroit and I'm surprised um, you know, to hear that uh, you know, they wanted to do something in New York. But uh, yeah, I'm just hoping that they do they continue to do more. I, I hope that they yeah, we'll they yeah, I just hope they're having fun with it. But yeah, yeah. that's super sick. But okay. Well, Andrew, this has been awesome. I, I appreciate you taking the time to come on the podcast and talk about the record. Like I said, um, I enjoyed it. And I know a lot of other people enjoy that record as well. So I'm sure they're going to be happy to hear from you. But before we sign off, is there anything else you would like to say? No, nah, just uh, thank you very much, man. I really appreciate it. Like, thanks again for having me on the podcast for real. Man, no problem. Doing what you do. Thank you. You're always welcome on the podcast. Uh, I definitely appreciate your time. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll be back soon.